I'm not crying anymore Oh, because I praise the Lord I've been laughing all day long Because of my Lord Welcome to Lost Light and Laughter, an uplifting show about laughter after tragedy. I'm your host, Michelle A. If you're ready for some inspiration and laughter in your life, you've tuned in to the right show. It's time to show love, everybody. Show love one time. Be strong enough to fight my battles. I know he'll never give me more than I can handle. My Lord, my King, the one that I... Hey, everyone. Welcome to Lost Light and Laughter, a show about laughing after tragedy. I'm your host, Michelle A. And on today's episode, I'm going to be sharing my personal testimony. And I'm going to call this episode, The Loss and Gain of a Father. So growing up, I was one of six and uh, my mom and dad, they were not married when I was created. And so I came into this world and from what I could remember... Um, it was just so long ago. He was around and I remember two, pretty much two incidents with him. And they were very vague, very just flashback memories. And then he was gone. My dad left my life when I was about five years old. My younger sister was born around that time. And I never heard from him. Uh, never seen him again. And I got one phone call from him probably when I was maybe 13 or so, maybe 13 or 12 or 13. And I remember him, um, I think he was supposed to get me a birthday cake or something like that. And he never showed up. And I think from then on, I kind of let go of the idea of having a dad. And it just never fazed me. So I went on with my merry life and I went to school, I graduated high school, made it into college. And now it's 1999, the fall of 1999. And I get this phone call from someone and I'm like, hello. And this man is talking to me on the phone and he says, do you know who this is? And I'm like, no, I don't. You know, (laughs) I'm 19, like, no, I don't. And he was like, it's your dad. And I'm like, okay, I don't get it. And, you know, thinking about it, I'm 19 years old. I made it into adulthood without him. And at that time I was just like, look, I really don't need a dad. I'm good to go. Yeah, whatever. You know, and I had lots of attitude back then. This is what happens when you don't have a daddy. You grew up with a lot of attitude. And I had so much attitude towards him. And I remember my aunt, my auntie Erica, love, love, love her. She pulled me to the side and she said, Michelle, you may not feel like you need a father, but your sister does. And now my sister is five years younger than me. So I'm 19 at the time. So you know, she's what, um, 15. And so... No, what is she? 14, 14 at the time. And so she is just, eyes are bright. I can see her just thinking and wondering what it's like to have a dad. Like, what does he look like? What does he sound like? You know, 
And I saw her eyes. I saw the look in her eyes. And my sister, like, she looks just like me. I'm just going to say it. She, <laughs> She's like a younger version of me, but I'm fabulous. You know, <laughs> we joke about it all the time because she looks like me and she sounds like me too. <laughs> now, if she heard this, she'd be like, please. <laughs> But anyway, that's my younger sister. And we share the same father. And when I looked in, you know, I looked over at her and I could see in her eyes the desperation of wanting to know who her father was. And I heard what my aunt said to me and I was just like, all right, fine. Yeah, I'm gonna go along with this thing. You know, it is what it is. You know, just a lot of attitude, a lot of whatever you know, and I did it. I didn't do it because I was a Christian and it was the right thing to do and forgiveness. There was none of that there. It was just for my little sister. Okay. I said, I was going to meet with this man. So my younger sister could at least see what he looks like. Cause for me, I actually didn't care. And so at the time he was living in New Jersey, I'm actually from New York for some of you guys that don't know, he was living in New Jersey at a restaurant out there, a very successful restaurant. And we went to go visit him at the restaurant. And when I saw him, it was just like, hey, mm-hmm. okay. And my sister was just like, her eyes were so bright and she was so happy and All I can think of was my aunt's words, okay? It was ringing in my ears, like, stop the attitude, Michelle. (laughs) Behave. (laughs) I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it. I'm going to behave. And my sister was just so happy. She was so proud. And I could see it in her eyes. And right then and there, it was just like, just put it away for her. Just just do this for your little sister. And I did. And, you know, we sat down at the table and we had conversations about him and where he was and, you know, why are you here now? And I remember him saying, he made a vow to himself that if he ever got on his feet, he would come find us. And he did. He found us. And I let him back into my life. And that was in 1999. Now, it took a long time to cultivate a relationship with him. Because for me, I felt like needing a dad days were just over. I'm like, you weren't there for my first heartbreak, my first crush. None of that stuff. So I'm like, you know, I did it without you. I can keep doing it without you. But um, I got a little older. Um, The following year, I left for the army. And so he showed up for my basic training graduation. He came down to Fort Jackson, South Carolina for that. And um, that was great. And after that, it was just like we'd talk on the phone, maybe, maybe two or three minutes at a time. Hey, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Okay. Well, just checking in. All right. Bye. And it was like the quickest conversations. Like I probably, 
stayed on the phone with a telemarketer longer than I did with my dad at that time. And I, you know, just kind of kept living my life. I got saved in the process, got married, had a baby and was just living life. And, you know, we talked periodically and it was just like, we're cool. And we never cultivated that father-daughter relationship that you would see on TV where you would just talk and you have these great conversations with your dad. And when people would say that they were daddy's girls, I had no understanding of what that meant. Like I had no comprehension of that. It was just like, okay, this is my dad. Okay, this is it. You know, um, and a lot of people, um, they had no clue of what my dad looked like. And everyone would say to me, you look just like your mom. You look just like your mom. And they saw my dad for five minutes. And then all of a sudden, 20 years of looking like my mom went out the window. <laughs> they were like, you look just like your dad. I'm like, time out. <laughs> I thought I looked just like my mom. <laughs> but you know what? That happens. If that's your only point of reference, you know, people find it. You know, they're like, okay, you look like your mom. But the truth is, I do look a lot like my dad. And we have very similar personalities too. Um, and so where am I now? I'm saved, I'm married, I have my first child. And, you know, I actually found out that I had other siblings. So I met, I have um, three older brothers and an older sister and I got to meet them and I got to meet my grandmother on his side. And it was just great, you know, um, we just living life and, and doing things and, I remember it was after the birth of my second child, my youngest daughter, something just came over me and I was different. And I think it was just the more that I delved into the word of God, the more my heart warmed to my dad and everything that... um we've been through. And I found out a lot about him. Um, I went to Jamaica and I got to see where my grandmother lived in Jamaica. And it was beautiful to actually go and see, okay, this is where my dad was born and raised. And it wasn't in the same house, but hey, same country. I'm good with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but it was great. And I got to see all these pictures of him when he was a little kid and <laughs> I loved it. And, and so it was just like, I was a different person and I got to learn more about my dad and his history and my heart began to just soften more and more and more. And I just let him in more and more and more, but I didn't let him in with the idea that he needed to be this particular dad for me. I just didn't do that. I let him in accepting who he was as a person and accepted, this is who my dad is going to be in my life. And we cultivated an awesome friendship where we can genuinely talk. And for me, I was in ministry. So it was just like, let me pray for you, dad. Let me pray for you. And I was always praying. And I felt like I was taking the lead in the relationship. It is what it is. And I didn't mind it. <laughs> it could be a little bit of arrogance or it just could be the way that God was having it work at that time. And you know, and it was okay. 
And I just release all these expectations that I had of him as a father. He was never going to be like Cliff Huxtable. He was never going to be that. Okay. He was never going to be the Carl Winslow that just wasn't going to be my dad. And I accepted that. And the minute I accepted that, I realized that our relationship was good. It was good, good. And we can talk, we can laugh, and it was all right. And we fast forward years in advance, and I'm going through a terrible divorce. At this time, I'm 36 years old, like all hell has broken loose in my life. And I'm like, I'm having a what the heck moment. And I'm out here. I don't have any family with me. And it's crazy. And I remember my dad calling me and my dad encouraging me. And I'm going to tell you, This is where the light comes in. It's just a spirit of humility. And it was just like, God was, how do I even say it? He was redeeming what I had lost as a child. My dad wasn't there for me when I was 16 and I felt heartbreak then, but my dad was there for me when I was 36 experiencing heartbreak. And he would call and he would encourage me and tell me that he loved me and you know, he, he'd give me like, man, if I was there, if I was there, like, you know, <laughs> he lucky I'm not there, yo. <laughs> and I think about that and I'm like, wow, my dad is here. He's showing up. He wasn't there when I was younger, but he's showing up now. And it was just like, God, thank you for that. Thank you for redeeming what I thought I would never, ever have. My sister got married um, about, let me see, maybe three or four years later and we're at her wedding and I ended up taking a picture with my mom and my dad. Now, I've never had a picture with my mother and father together and I never thought I even wanted one until I saw it. And I was like, God, you gave me something I never thought I would even have. And it was so beautiful and I was so grateful for it. And I saw God's hand in my life and in my dad's life. And I could see what just that little bit of sacrifice that I made for my sister turned in and just opened up to, it opened up to a level of forgiveness and love and just unity like no other. And so anytime I talk to someone about Um, an estranged relationship with one of their parents, I tell them my story, you know? And the minute I released that expectation of who he should have been in my life, it just freed me and it freed him. And he doesn't have to deal with the pressure of not being there. I don't ever hold that against him. I'm going to tell you this story. This is part of the laughter because there's so many areas where I just chuckled and I laughed and I was just like, okay, this is something else. This is cray cray. So in the process, when, you know, I just made it up there, we were meeting him. And the first time we went with my mom, well, the second time it was just my sister and I, we were just going up uh, to his restaurant in Jersey just to spend time with him. 
And so we got there and, you know, he was taking us around and he was like, let's go here. Let's go there. And I said, no problem. And so we get in the cab and... And so we're in the cab and the cab driver is trying to overcharge him for the ride. And so my sister and I are in the back of the car and my dad goes to, you know, he's talking to the cab driver and he says, you trying to rip me off? Yo, you lucky I'm with my peeps. (laughs) And my sister and I are like, what? (laughs) We're your peeps now? (laughs) Some people call us daughters. You're calling us your peeps. And we're like, we're looking at each other like, that's your dad. (laughs) He's calling us his peeps. And I'm like, okay, for some of y'all that don't know that, that's like a a street lingo for like your friends. Okay, your peeps. And we are cracking up. (laughs) He's like, this is our dad? And it was hilarious. And, you know, for me, I I still had a lot of attitude at the time, but it was like, I didn't want him to see that I was laughing and that I was cool with him, even though I felt he was pretty cool because he was ready to go, go to town on the cab driver for overcharging him. And I was like, oh, that's where I get my little feisty attitude from. It's from my dad. He was like, ready. (laughs) Okay. Some people stay ready, okay? And my dad was one of those people. And so it was just like, wow, this is where I get it from. And it was pretty funny. And so look, that was one of those moments when it was just like, it was okay to laugh. You don't have to still hold a grudge against your dad who wasn't there for the last 15 years of your life. You can let that go, Shell, you know? And it was awesome. It was just so freeing. It was freeing uh, to get to that place and to just have that awesome relationship with my dad. And God, he just, he did a thing. And he didn't do it in a way that you would expect it to be done. Like you have this one forgiveness and then everybody's all warm and mushy. No, it was a process. It took well over a decade for me to even get to the point where it was just like, I can accept that this is my dad. And I mean, let's look. He's been in my life now, more now, okay, than he's been absent. And that is a beautiful thing. I can honestly say that my dad has been in my life for over 20 years now. And that, my friends, it's so exciting. And I love it. And just the other day, we had a conversation. He checked out one of my videos and he was just like, baby, I am so proud of you. And I felt the tears just welling up in my eyes and I was getting emotional. And it was just like, I said, dad, I am so glad you're in my life. And he said, I'm so glad that I'm your dad. And it was just so refreshing and so loving. And I understand everybody may not have that, but if you have an opportunity to redeem the time with a parent, I say, do it now. Okay. Release the expectations, release the hurt. Let the, you know, forgiveness is not an overnight process. It takes some time. 
Allow it to take some time. Don't go in with these um, huge expectations of what a conversation and what an interaction is supposed to be like. If you do that, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment and it's going to drum up even more anger, more angst, and more disappointment. Just let it happen organically, okay? Slowly. Don't rush into it. Just let it be. And and just you and your parent accept each other for who you are today, not for the person they were when they abandoned you. Just free yourself from that and free them from that as well too. And so... Yes, that's my story. I'm Michelle A. That's my story of loss where I lost my dad for about 15 years. Um, I saw God do an amazing thing when he brought him back and I have an opportunity to laugh with him now. And I laughed with him then. And so that's my story on loss, light, and laughter. I hope you enjoyed this show. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Everybody show love one time. It's time to give praise. Everybody give praise one time. Yeah. It's time to show love. Everybody show love one time.